0: The Holy Gospel according to John.
1: Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Lord.
0: Jesus said, Just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Those who believe in him are not condemned, but those who do not believe are condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of the Son of God. And this is the judgment, that the light has come into the world, and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For all who do evil hate the light and do not come to the light, so that their deeds may not be exposed. But those who do what is true come to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that their deeds have been done in God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise 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 to you, O Christ. Christ. The boys are now 14, 15, and 16. When they were little, there were two questions that I frequently asked, second only to the most frequently asked question, where are your pants? The two second most frequently asked questions were, what have you done and what have you learned? I remember one occasion when they were little, around four, five, and six. It was evening, and after putting them to bed, I stole a few precious minutes to take a quick shower. One could be led to believe that very little could happen in five short minutes. However, that one would be wrong. During this shower, I heard a new and alarming sound from their bedroom, which was right next door. My shower ended abruptly, and upon entering their room, I discovered a scene that truly mystified me. It seems they had, during my shower, sneaked downstairs and taken handfuls of silverware from the kitchen drawer, stealthily returned to their room, and climbed up the ladder to the top bunk, where Christian and Jacob manipulated the ceiling fan in such a way that all of the pieces of flatware were laid upon each blade of the ceiling fan. When this was complete, when the ceiling fan blades were fully loaded, the two evidently gave the thumbs up to Philip, who was standing at the switch by the door. The ceiling fan spun into high speed, flinging the spoons and the forks and the knives around the room like shrapnel, which was the alarming sound I heard while in the shower. All of this was accomplished by the dim light of their nightlight because they were supposed to be in bed sleeping. When I entered the room, in a panic, I flipped on the overhead light and looked around, seeing silverware flung into every corner, and asked, what have you done? To which they replied, nothing. They might fight like cats and dogs, but when they take a vow of silence, they are a united front. However, a few days later, when the ice cream truck was temptingly circling town, a simple bribe broke their will, and they spilled the beans. They each confessed to playing a role in this stunt, but when asked who the mastermind behind it was, they each readily threw one another under the bus. In those days, ice cream could break the strongest resolve. When asked the question, what then did you learn, they said this. One boy said, I've learned not to get caught. Another said he learned to use softer, less noisy things when playing the ceiling fan game. And the third said he learned to only play this game when Joanne was babysitting them who was our 80-year-old adopted grandmother who was always blissfully unaware of their shenanigans. The flipping of the light revealed a scene of chaos and exposed the human tendency to point the finger. The lessons learned were not at all what I had hoped. No one evidently learned the danger of potentially harming another person, but they were in fact four, five, and six and would go on in life to far more contrived and dangerous stunts than this, so I simply file this away in my mind under the category of the good old days. What have you done? What have you learned? The readings for this week ooze these questions. In the reading from... Numbers, the Israelites, who have finally been liberated from their Egyptian slavery, have now grown impatient in their desert journey and have begun to grumble and complain, speaking against God. This causes God to send a bunch of snakes to bite them so that many of them died. The people repent, and God instructs Moses to make a serpent and lift it high on a pole in the air, and whoever had been bitten could look at it. And live. Oh, beloved Israelites, children of God, what have you done? You disobeyed and doubted God. What have you learned? You learned that God's word is faithful and God will take care of you and wishes for you to live and be God's people. When the light is switched on to this text, what is revealed here is the fragility of faith, both theirs and ours, despite God's loyalty to humans. The Bible exposes this recurring theme. Human faith falters, but the steadfastness of God is constant. The second reading... Traditionally ascribed to Paul, written from prison to his beloved church in Ephesus, also suggests the questions what have you done? And what have you learned? We can easily extrapolate from this letter. That these Christians have sinned in various ways, being led astray by evil voices, giving into temptations of the flesh, fighting about diversity of gifts among believers, disputing issues pertaining to ordinary life and relationships as Christians. Oh, beloved Ephesians, what have you done? You have lost sight of the gospel. What have you learned? You have learned that God's grace defines you, not your sin. When the light is switched on to this text, what is revealed is the flawed memory of humans, that is, the ability to forget that God loves us no matter what we do or don't do, that God's love cannot be earned, that even though God has created us for the good, God still loves us when we do the bad and lastly comes our gospel which contains perhaps the most famous verse from the new testament john 3:16 jesus is speaking to nicodemus a member of the jewish ruling council who has come to jesus at night to ask him questions that are tormenting him as questions of the heart are excellent at doing only at night who are you he asks How can someone be born again? He asks. How can the things you say be true? He asks. Oh, beloved Nicodemus, what have you done? You have allowed yourself to be so trapped by the letter of the law that your heart cannot grasp this new thing that God is doing in Jesus Christ. What have you learned? that even teachers have things to learn. When the light is switched on to this text, what is revealed is that God's love embodied in Jesus has come for everyone, despite experts and scholars and denominations who insist that Jesus has only come for some, the pious, the straight, the white, the wealthy, the whatever, When the light is switched on to this text, we find that both Nicodemus and we get a lesson in grace that humans cannot then explain, conditionalize, or hoard the love of God. Humans can only receive it. Our days are getting lighter and longer. Our snow has melted. And we Iowans know that any snow we get now won't stick for long. With the bright light and the warmth of spring, the snow has melted away, and much is revealed. In our neighborhood, toys forgotten outside before the first snowfall are being rediscovered by young children, flowers and trees are waking up, and with them, Our allergies, yard work, and outdoor projects, half-finished at the onset of winter, beg for completion. We see a lot of trash in the ditches beside the roads, blown into the fields, and taking a walk reveals traces of dogs whose owners decided not to pick up and throw away. It's been a long winter, and now much is revealed. Much is exposed. It has been a long winter. Indeed, it has been a long year. Many are feeling the profound impacts of anniversary grief, in a sense, as this past Monday marked the first anniversary of the day the first case of coronavirus was reported in Iowa. We recall the last track meet, the last concert, the last normal work day, the last family gathering, the last church service the last wedding, before everything shut down. My students very clearly remember the first Lenten soup supper that Gloria Day canceled last year because it was at that moment they said that they realized that this virus was a real thing. Many are very emotional getting the vaccination. I drove To the grocery store last week when it was 70 degrees and i saw more unmasked faces in 10 minutes than i'd seen in months families on bikes little kids playing soccer a group of girls having a picnic a driveway full of teenagers playing basketball little ones on trikes and in strollers kids rollerblading never popular street hockey in our neighborhood a socially distanced circle of friends sitting on lawn chairs in a park and by the time I got to hy I was crying, not out of sadness, or maybe, should I say, not only out of sadness, but also hope and joy, mixed with grief, that there are over a half a million fewer faces now than there were a year ago and our country alone, lost to this virus an entire year. What have you done, and what have you learned? What have you done with this year? What have you not done? What have you learned during this time? What has God revealed to you? What has been exposed to you? What has surprised you? What about you has been forever changed by this year? How has God's grace revealed itself to you? when the light is finally switched on after a long, dark year, when the days are brighter and longer, we discover God is still here, still among the people, and has not abandoned this world. We discover that despite the catastrophes of this and every year, some natural, some of human origin, God forgives, God loves, and God desires life for this planet and its inhabitants. We see God at work in science, as vaccinations are distributed. We see God at work in technology, as humans redefine the meaning of community. We see God at work in the arts, as creative minds reinvent performance, music, theater, We see God at work in families. As relatives zoom across miles and continents, we discover that God has been here all along this whole journey and will not leave us. When the light is switched on, what is revealed is the unconditional and absolute love that God has for all of creation, for this world, for me, and for you. Amen.